Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Soccer Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play. Welcome to the show. I'm your host Sean Roberts and of course Kurt the Dirt Buckerfield. How are you my friend? Shawnee, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am stupendous. We actually haven't even touched base since the, the treble champions, victorious. Um, we've missed the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances. But a nail-biting nail game at the end, Curdy, wasn't uh, as uh, free-flowing as one would think. No, I, th- I thought that uh, Inter did really well in that final. Yeah. I know we spoke about it leading up to the game, but I really did want them to, to win. Mm. Um, so I was disappointed that they didn't. Um, and I was slightly underwhelmed, I would say, by City's performance. But at the end of the day, the final isn't about entertainment. It's not about putting on the best show. It's about getting over the line. And uh, City did that at the end, maybe pretty comfortably. I mean, they they did dominate the ball, as you'd expect. Um, But there were a few chances um, towards the, the end of the match where... Inter really could have pulled one back. Lukaku with that uh, that header. Yeah. Um, I think Demarco with the header onto Lukaku. Lukaku ends up blocking it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's congratulations to City. Fully deserved at the end of the day. Yeah. Fully deserved. But um, I was still slightly disappointed to see City win the treble. Not gonna lie. And and I keep on going on about uh, Edison and how how what a world class goalkeeper he is. And those last. Seven, eight minutes, he showed it, didn't he? Yeah, top player. I mean, I don't know about that Lukaku header, Sean. Is that sure. just about the keeper being in the right place at the Whoa. right time? Because he didn't really have to move for it. Exactly. You, you look at Schmeichel, Cody. It's, it's, he never pulled out worldies. There were a couple of worldies he did, but he was always in the right place at the right time. And that's a good example of it. And positioning yeah. being very key. He's, a, he's a, a, a great goalkeeper. I don't think he gets... The, the credit that he deserves. I think that he's been consistently very good for City since arriving. And he arrived as like a an unknown, I think it was from Benfica. I can't, uh, re- I can't even remember. But um, at the time, relatively unknown, um, but a real modern day goalkeeper in terms of the way he plays with the ball at his feet. Um, you, you'd be, you'd struggle to find goalkeepers who look more comfortable than he does. Yeah. Um, but then also an excellent shot stopper and, um, yeah, a very important member of that team. Yeah, I fully agreed. Let, let, let's stay with Man City. Let's, let's turn our attention to Ilke Gundogan, who, who joins Barcelona on free transfer after leaving Man City. As a City fan, it's it's um, it's quite devastating. I think he's, he was there for seven years, eh, Kurti? And uh, apparently he wasn't impressed with City's offer. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, so City offered him a, um, a one-year extension with the option of a further 12 months, um, whereas Barcelona came in with a two-year deal with the option of a further 12 months. So I think from what I've read, he was slightly offended by that, maybe yeah. given all that he has contributed, and especially um, in very key moments of the season. Um, Gundogan seems to always um, come to life in really clutch moments. And he did that again, obviously, with his brace in the FA Cup final, um, with a few important goals towards the end of the Premier League season. um, In that run that saw City overtake Arsenal, I think Gundogan was one of City's better players. So Mm. I I think he was slightly offended, but, you know, City perhaps have a policy of not giving uh, 
big extensions to players in their 30s. Gundogan's uh, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of clubs have that policy of only one-year contracts for players in their early to mid-30s. Um, maybe City didn't feel like they they needed to quite, uh, you know, break those rules for, for Gundogan, despite how good he is. Um, with Kovacic on the way, we'll we'll obviously get into that now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's probably just policy, um, unfortunately for Gundogan. But look, he joins, uh, you know, the club that he's he's always wanted to play for. He said, I think in his his goodbye letter, he said that if there was one team he was going to leave City for, it was Barcelona. Mm. Um, so he's fulfilling a, a lifelong dream, which is which is pretty cool. And I think that he becomes a really really important player for Barcelona, especially. Um, with Barcelona wanting to, to do better in Europe, mm-hmm. two seasons they've been knocked out at the group stage. Yep. I think that the experience he brings, the quality he brings, the versatility, he can play in various roles in midfield. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be very, very key for Barcelona. And I think if they don't manage to sign another midfielder or a direct replacement for Sergio Busquets, mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised to see to see Gundogan in that six. Because um, like I said, he can, just, he can do pretty much everything. Yeah, you speak about uh, quality, experience, and don't forget uh, leadership. You know, being captain of City as well. So, um, but but let, let's stay with City. And, and you mentioned uh, Kovacic, um, it, and it's all over the news. At Man City to announce a twenty-five million pound deal. I presume this is the one in the coming days at the Etihad Stadium. Uh, talk us through that, Cody. Yeah. Um, so, as part of Chelsea sort of rebuild, they are allowing. Quite a few players to leave, as we've seen in the last few days. A lot of them going to Saudi Arabia, um, Mason Mount potentially to Manchester United, and it seems like a deal has been struck um, for Chelsea to offload Kovacic to Manchester City. And I think that at 25 million, he's an absolute steal. Yeah. We just talked about the experience that Gundogan has. Well, Kovacic has almost just as much and is three years younger. I think he's won the Champions League four times. Um, over 100 odd appearances for Real Madrid, over 200 for Chelsea. Um, I think that he's the kind of player who will peak over the next couple of seasons, mm-hmm. um, as we we tend to see with with midfielders. Um, but no, he's a brilliant player, and I think it's a steal. I, I actually can't believe that Chelsea would be willing to to sell him to a direct rival for for just 25 million. But I do think that. It had to do with his contract. I think his contract's up. In, his contract is up next year, mm-hmm. Chelsea. Um, so it was potentially them trying to avoid losing him for free mm. um, at a later stage. But no, um, a very very good midfielder who I think will um, get even better under under Pep Guardiola and playing alongside those world class players. Yeah, good point. And you think he's a starter for City? Well, see, I, I've I've heard a lot about. Well, would he start for City? Or, well, Declan Rice shouldn't go to City because would he start? Mm. I, I think that's kind of a the, the wrong way to look at it. City have a big squad. They always have a big squad. They play um, close to or 60 games a season if they stay in all competitions um, until, until the latter stages. So I think that he will start a lot of games. I don't know if you would necessarily put him in City's strongest 11, but he will start a lot of games. And... Um, Pep likes to rotate. He likes to keep players fresh. Um, and I think that that's the system that he'll fall into. I don't necessarily think it's about looking at it and going, is he a part of that that core? Um, that's not necessarily the case. But of course, he starts a hell of a lot of games over the course of the season. 
Yeah, good point. Um, let's stay in Manchester, Curdy. Let's let's go to the Reds, your team. Um, quite a somber transfer window at the moment. I think there's talks of, I don't know if it's happened, Zidane Iqbal has, uh, has left for around a million euros with the 40% of the next transfer fee going to United. He joins Dutch club FC Utrecht on a four-year deal. Other than that, Curdy, what's happening? Nothing. And that's the whole point of the segment. Um, yeah, nothing's happening. I think there's obviously frustration among fans. Um, but we know that the, the slow transfer window obviously directly relates to the, the takeover process, which um, there's sort of been no update on. Um, there's talk, obviously, between... Uh, well, there's talk of Sir Jim Radcliffe and then the Sheikh Jassim. Um, but there's been no progress on that, so nobody knows what the current status of that takeover is. Um, but of course, I, I think it's unrealistic for Manchester United fans to expect a lot of movement while that remains unresolved. Um, Mason Mount's obviously the big one right now. Um, Manchester United, I think their most recent bid was 55 million up front and I think 5 million maybe in add-ons. Chelsea want a bit more than that. Um, and I think it's funny because in the past, Manchester United have been accused of overspending or just being generally irresponsible with money. Um, but now when they're trying to actually negotiate a realistic fee for a player whose contract is up next year, they're also getting sticks. So I, I think it's a, a lose-lose for Manchester United right now. Um, I think they're doing the right thing. I think a player who is entering into the last 12 months of his contract should not be going for more than 50 million. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's obviously frustrating. I totally understand it. I'm a Manchester United fan. I get it. But while the takeover has not been completed, we can't expect big signings. We can't expect Ten Hag to get new players for next season. It's just not realistic. Yeah, and, and sticking with signings, anyone that you feel should be signed over the next few weeks or who would be a good fit for United just in terms of their contract situation and, and United's style of play? Well, look, I would. we just talked about him, but I would absolutely mm-hmm. love Mason Mount at, at Manchester United. I think that he would be a massive upgrade on some of our midfielders at the moment. I think Ericsson, while obviously a top footballer and a great technician, um, he's playing in like a, a midfield two behind Bruno Fernandes and I don't mm. think he quite has the legs and the stamina for that. Um, you know, he's, I think in his 30s now. Mason Mount's strongest attribute is probably his off the ball work and I think um, it, it helps that he's a, a decent footballer. He's, he's technically pretty gifted. Um, but I think that off the ball, in terms of his pressing, his running, his work ethic, that would be a huge, huge um, advantage for, for Manchester United. But then, of course, I would love someone like Harry Kane. Probably unrealistic at this at this moment, but um, we'll see. Curdy, let's move on to, uh, again, another world-class, one of the best players in the world at the moment, without a doubt, uh, Kylian Mbappe, potential move to Real Madrid, coming up to his last year at PSG. He's made it very clear he's not going to be renewing. Um, possibly a chance for PSG to cash in a bit or uh, again these opportunities for Real Madrid don't come along too quickly they have made a massive signing in, in Jude Bellingham as well where do you see this going? Yeah look I think there's a bit of poker being played on on both sides here where Mbappe is saying that he will not be staying at um, well he will not be extending his contract at PSG um, and Real Madrid are saying that they aren't going to be forking out 200 million to sign him in this transfer window based on things that happened last year. Obviously, Mbappe was close to Real Madrid and he ended up signing a two-year extension. 
Mm. Um, PSG's stance is that they are prepared to sell him in this transfer window, but I do think that that's not necessarily their true stance. I think that they probably will want to keep him and hope they'll be able to, over the course of the season, um, convince him to sign a new deal. But it'll be a very turbulent season if he does stay, I think. I think fans will turn on him. We've seen in the past in PSG or at PSG where players have informed the club of their intention to leave and they've just been thrown on the to the sidelines, um, made to sit in the stands and, and not even trained with the team. I think it happened yeah. to Rabiot a few years ago. I know that Rabiot is not Mbappe, but I do think that things could get pretty ugly there. Um, for now, it looks like Real Madrid aren't going to pursue him in this transfer window. They are banking on taking him for free next year. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It looks like it's one of those things where all these positions have been made clear, but I'm not sure that we can believe anything mm. that's coming out of those those um, those camps at the moment. It just looks very confusing to me. And if, I mean, if, if Mbappe was to go, um, that would revolutionise a rail, wouldn't it? That, that would be that would be the team to beat next season, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be such a huge signing for for, for them. And look, we, we know he's been linked with Real Madrid since he was a teenager. I think since since he was fourteen. So yeah. it's on the cards, and it's very likely to happen at some point. But I understand Real Madrid not necessarily wanting to put out two hundred million for a player who has twelve years, uh, twelve months left on his contract. That just doesn't make sense financially. Um, they've brought in Hosselu, um, the Spanish striker, as I think probably just fill in right now for uh, Karim Benzema. But uh, yeah, maybe if PSG were willing to sell Mbappe for 100, 120 million, maybe Real Madrid would go in for him. But I really doubt that's going to be the case. Sure, that's stupid money, hey? Oh my God. Well, as a neutral, fingers crossed that does happen, I guess. It'll be great for football. Um, I do think if he does that PSG, it'll be another year wasted, but obviously he gets a lot richer. Um, Curly, let's move on to something very exciting. I know our producer, Aiden, is at the edge of his seat, as he always is. Um, he's got something special lined up for us. AD, what's happening? Sean, thanks for that intro, my friend. Uh, I've been wanting to do this segment for quite some time. I wanted to call it Seeking the Socials. As you all know, social media is full of opinions and comments, some definitely more controversial than others. I want this segment to be where we, a situation where we discuss the craziest stories or, or posts or tweets or whatever on social media. So this week, the pilot segment is a lucky packet procedure. Here are the rules. I have one tweet, one Facebook post and one Instagram post ready to go. I want you to decide which route we are taking. Essentially, choose your social media. So I'll be going to take to Twitter, flick through Facebook, or interrogate Instagram. Which route do you guys want to go down? I think Kurt's, Kurt's a Twitter guy, hey? He's got Twitter. It's where they are most unhinged. <laughs> fair, fair enough. So the opinion reads, Neymar Jr. is the second best player of this generation based on football talent alone after Lionel Messi. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, my thoughts on that? Second best after, after Lionel Messi. So... They're saying Ronaldo's probably top five then. Um, of this generation, did it, so will Ronaldo, would he count in this generation, Aiden? I, I would assume so, yeah. Um, I think maybe there's, a, there's an argument for that on talent, like ability. Mm. Um, I think Neymar, in fact, is a better dribbler than, than anyone. I think he's the best dribbler in this, of this generation. He should wear a bib. 
<laughs> one of the best dribblers of all time. I think he's he's up there. No, he's an all-timer for sure. In terms of productivity, I, I don't think that he obviously compares to the likes of Messi and Ronaldo. I think there's an argument for that, though. I do, actually. Sean? Yeah, I think... I like to look at a player as a package, right? Um, Messi, the complete package. Ronaldo, the complete package. Neymar, a phenomenal footballer. Talented, but not the complete package. You know what I mean? Like, there's off-the-field antics. Um, I think he spends more time in front of the mirror than on the field. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a tough one. Not doubting his ability as a footballer. Oh, my God, he's one of the best we've ever seen, without a doubt. But... As, as a package, no, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Next week, we'll have a new selection. We can take a different path if you want. We can stay with Twitter. But that, for now, was Seeking the Socials. Who said that, Aiden? That, that goes against our poppy act, Sean. I can't share that information. Ah, uh, okay. Should you wish to find it, you gotta you got to scour the socials. <laughs> or you could just WhatsApp me. Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll message you after, Sean. Don't stress. Cheers, buddy. And guys, that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Day. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts, and of course, my good friend, Kurt Buckerfield. Cheers, Sean. Thanks very much, man.